favorite day when we get to share an episode from our Patreon feed on our regular feed. Oh, yes. This is always fun and exciting. <laughs> How excited are you for everyone to hear our episode one of Casey Anthony American Murder Mystery? Well, it's it's weird to ask that kind of question because it's so horrible. I but I feel maybe a lot of people will at least feel seen. I mean, yes. I, we're very angry about it and I know a lot of other people are angry about it. So come, come be angry with us. This is one of my favorite episodes to record with you because you got so mad. I was so mad. I still am. Like, I'm so mad. You were super ragey all the way through the series. That's like my favorite thing. I, I, it's not that I like you getting upset, but it's just, it's kind of fun to record with you when you get like that. And then I go home and go straight to sleep and don't have a voice the next day. <laughs> totally. Everybody wins? Question mark, question mark. You guys, you can get the rest of this series plus the 90 other full bonus episodes to download right now. Mm-hmm. The Staircase Serial, Making a Murderer. Lorena, The Jinx. Uh, What's the other? Um, the Disappearance of Madeline McCann. Uh-huh. Uh, all of it's at our Patreon feed for the $5 level. You can binge it all right this very second. Yes, it's all. I mean, make sure you have enough space on your phone. So go enjoy this free episode. And then if you feel like it, head on over to the Patreon and uh, check out the rest of it. Yeah. We love you. We love you. Get ready to get ragey. Uh, sorry in advance. Get ready to get ragey. Is that our new, is that our new theme? Come on, get ragey <laughs> instead of get happy. We have to turn it into Judy Garland somehow. That's <laughs> very on brand. So it starts with this like really awful 911 call. I'm kind of tired of saying that about our episodes. I guess we should quit. I know. It's like, wait, it's what we do. It's a weird job. It's a, <laughs> it's a weird job. 911, it's your emergency. I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. They're there right now? Yes. My daughter. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? For stealing an auto. Hey, what's your name? Her name, Casey Anthony. This 911 call, it's Casey Anthony's mom, and she's saying, I need someone to be arrested for stealing an auto? An auto. We are back. Stealing, she stole my car. Just say she stole my car. Stealing an auto. This family dynamic is very weird, you guys. I'm intrigued and frightened. I know. So now the episode really starts. Yeah. It's July 15th, 2008, Orlando, Florida, 8.44 p.m. Right. So Cindy Anthony. Casey Anthony's mom. Right. Calls the cops on her 22-year-old daughter, Casey Anthony. Right. (laughs) Welcome to the Casey Anthony the goddamn circus. I wish you people could see the look on your face because the look on your face is just like, well, here we fucking go. I loved every <laughs> second of these 42 minutes. I gotta say, I texted you this afternoon because I was like, you know, the Oxygen Maura Murray thing, you kind of weren't that into. Uh-huh. So I didn't know how you were going to feel about this because it's investigation discovery. They have a very specific way they make their documentaries. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure you were going to be into it. And you were like, you literally texted back like you were me, obsessed 15 times. Uh-huh. Yeah, in all different variations. Yeah. Sometimes the, it was <laughs> It was a space between all the letters. Sometimes it was up, period, cess. Yeah. What did you love so much about it? It's what I wanted Missing Mori Mori to be. Uh-huh. Succinct. Succinct. Uh, high stakes. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, I'm in. And also I think because it's finally like, get a grip on yourself, me. Like, finally learn about this goddamn case that everyone <laughs> in the world seems to know every detail to. So Cindy Anthony, we find out in this 911 call, Casey's mom, mm-hmm. has just gotten her car back from the impound lot. Right. So here's what we learned. We meet John Allen, who was the sergeant at the time at the sheriff's office. Yeah. And he describes what it was like responding to that 911 call about the auto. There is complete chaos in the house. The mother is screaming at the daughter. The daughter is screaming back. And then they get an enormous shock. Well, Sydney told the police that not only has the car been stolen, but her granddaughter was also missing. 
It was pretty clear that Cindy was essentially running the show at the house. She's somewhat frantic and she's angry with her daughter because she was just now being made aware of it. So Cindy and George are Casey Anthony's parents. Right. Kaylee Anthony is Casey's daughter. Right. They all live under the same roof in this house. Yeah, Casey Anthony's young. She's a single mom. 22. It all makes sense to me. It quickly becomes clear there is something far more serious going on in the Anthony home. It's not about a stolen automobile anymore. It's about a missing two-and-a-half-year-old child. The grandmother reported it had been a month since Casey or anybody had seen Kaylee. It was somewhat confusing, but the deputies separated everybody and began talking to people, trying to get the details, you know, trying to put things together. So I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know this case at all. And what's happening is we are learning the information as the cops are learning it. Right. But what's interesting is that we get Cindy and George to camera. They are here with us. Right. Casey Anthony's parents are narrators in whatever the hell this is that we're watching. (laughs) I'm George Anthony. I'm Kaylee Anthony's grandfather. I'm trying to console Cindy. Cindy's falling into my arms. I mean, she's she's very weak and thinking, what the heck's going on? I want to also point out that Diane Diamond is with us. She's yeah. she's like a star on ID. She was the original host of A Current Affair. Yeah. That scared me. I know, I that know. That was so ominous to me when I was younger. I was Diane, like, who died? Look, she looks fantastic. Diane Diamond, you look great, girl. <laughs> So we learned that, like, amongst all the chaos, Queen Diane Diamond is telling us the Anthony family was as normal as normal could be. George was a former cop. Mm -hmm. Cindy was a registered nurse. This is just the normal American family where shit is going down. Right. It made me think, like, oh, wow, you really never do know what's going on behind closed doors. This perfect family. Right. And the cops walk into absolute chaos with a missing two-year-old for a month and no one said anything. So Cindy is telling us that, you know, Casey, her daughter, was a a spirited kid. She was the light of her lives, very popular tons of friends the thing about it though is that Cindy tells us this story about how she and Casey were super close Casey and I were inseparable I mean we shopped together we did crafts together we went on walks we were very close it's like she's doing the whole mean girls. I'm not a real mom. I'm a cool mom. I agree with That's you. That's what she's doing. I totally agree. I just don't think it's true. I don't think it's true either. Because for every minute that we see them interacting together on film or we see Cindy talking about her daughter now, like Cindy hates her daughter. And Casey hates her mother. The animosity is real AF with the two of them. There's no warmth. And it seems like there never has been any warmth. They can't stand each other. And they never could. Like this whole lie about them being like best friends when she was a teenager. Inseparable. Not true. You know, it's another lie. What? When Cindy says that she was super happy and uses the word awesome when Casey at 19 <laughs> says she's pregnant and also I'm not telling you who the father is. That whole thing happens very fast and we're kind of, we are just left to believe it. It's a little bit of a throwaway line. I rewound it 10 times. She told me that she was pregnant and she was worried that, you know, I would be upset with her. And I just hugged her and I told her, you know, I'm going to be a grandma. I said, that's awesome. I said, you're going to make a wonderful mom. She goes, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be a grandmother. That's awesome. You don't know who the fuck. Great. You know, she like got up from her makeup table, kicked over the chair, punched the mirror. And said, George, just get her away from me. I can't look at her right now. <laughs> There, there is supporting your 19-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. they're saying, oh, awesome, fuck yeah, let's be girlfriends. Can I throw you your shower? 
<laughs> are two very different yeah, things. Two very different things. I'm not judging anybody, but enough already. So August 9th, 2005, Kaylee Anthony is born, and my heart is broken. Right. Because we see all of these like beautiful pictures. She's just the light of everyone's life. And this is the thing. Like this case is sensational. The way this documentary is is made, though it's great, it feels a little sensational. Of course. Not in a bad way, just like in a way that makes you forget that like these are this is a real thing. Yeah, There's it's a, a it's a cable true crime series. Yeah. Documentary series, of course. Totally. So now so we're back to the night that the that the cops all show up to the Anthony house, uh-huh. right? Corporal Yuri Malik, which nobody can say his name. Everyone says his name differently. Okay, great. Malik, Mali, Malay. It's we get a million pron- pronunciations of it. So, so basically, we could say whatever we want. Exactly. Perfect. So this guy Malik, he's the on-call missing persons detective. He responds to the scene and he's questioning Casey Anthony in the living room, like, "Girl, are you saying you haven't seen your daughter in thirty days?" Right. Casey had told Detective Knotts that she was a, an event planner at Universal Studios. Casey told him that she dropped Katie off with a nanny before she went to work that morning and then returned later the same day to pick her daughter up. But there was nobody at the apartment. The nanny has disappeared with her daughter. It's one of those just insane things where, again, I love how the documentary does this, where we're learning the information as the cops are learning right. it. Because it feels so crazy that anybody would say that to a police officer right. and expect them to believe it. I agree. And what I really love is that they give us sort of the headline and then they have one of the cops break it down for us. Yeah, totally. Which is exactly what happens. Casey told police she kept trying to call the nanny's phone. But oddly, the number was out of service. Casey says she hung around there for a while, thinking that they would come back any moment. And then she said she went to familiar places that she knew the nanny took Kaylee, the park, a a local shopping mall, etc., and couldn't find them. Then she decides this is according. This is what Casey Anthony told the police. She doesn't want to go home because she's embarrassed. She hasn't found her daughter, and she doesn't want to go home and be- tell her mother. Yeah. So she goes to her boyfriend's house, and she stayed there for thirty days. <laughs> Now, here's the other thing. Again, I don't know anything about this case. I don't know how culpable we think the grandparents are here. But, like, if I hadn't seen my daughter or granddaughter in 30 days, it's just the kind of thing I can say with authority because I have a a kid. (laughs) Like, as a grandparent, you know that your child's child, Mm -hmm. all of her clothes are at your house. All of her toys are at your house. All of her books are at your house. All of her stuff is there. So, sure, Casey might be able to go off and live with her boyfriend for 30 days. But knowing that her kid is with her, Right. And Casey's not come back for clothing to let you know where she is, to say hi to your grandkid. Like, what is happening here? Right. I don't know. Okay. Let's find out together. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't even, at first I was like, wouldn't it be fun to keep track of her lies? I can't. I gave that up <laughs> two seconds into this thing. So that was her first story, right? So now she says she didn't call the police because she was scared that the nanny, whose name is Zenaida Gonzalez, would hurt Kaylee. She goes by the nickname Zanny the Nanny. Mm-hmm. According to Casey Anthony, she is half black, half Puerto Rican, and she's been babysitting Kaylee her entire life. She's about 25 years old, like young girl, who just decides that now she owns Kaylee. Is, is Casey Anthony's story. Clear blue sky, right. just refuses to give Kaylee back, leaves, turns the phone off, and just like a thief in the night literally <laughs> takes the baby. They go to the nanny's apartment in this moment, and it's the cop's idea to do it, not Casey Anthony's idea. Oh, of course. that That's ruining her good time. <laughs> Detective Mellish says to Casey, take us to the nanny's apartment. Finding Zenaida equates to finding Kaylee. When they arrive... Casey points to a particular apartment and says, Zanotti Gonzalez lives in that apartment. 
Malik goes up to the door, knocks, nobody answers. He like looks in the window and like there's no furniture. This apartment is vacant. He's like, no one has lived here easily for months. So <laughs> it's like daybreak, they say. It's been all night. Yeah. They drop Casey off at home. Now we meet Eric Edwards. His slow zoom is at the shooting gallery. Right. He <laughs> is dressed like Ron Swanson after he has sex with the red shirt and the black pants. I kind of love Eric Edwards. Of I kind of love all these cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These cops are great. These cops are non-garbage until proven garbage. We need to give them a hero bell. Yeah, all hero bells point. for yeah, these yeah. cops. Is that a thing? Non-garbage until proven garbage? To- well, it's, it's going to be a merch t-shirt in five minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the former corporal of the sheriff's department and he says this thing where I'm just like, hovering over the guard. Just he's a little... <laughs> you have to remember that when this is people's jobs, yeah. they have to separate the, the humanity from it the tiniest bit because they really just have to do the work and be realistic about it. Yeah. So he says... Most missing children cases... They don't end well after certain periods of time. And time's ticking. Oof. <laughs> Maron. But what he's saying is, if you want to get your kid back, call the second the kid is missing. The first 48. Everybody knows this. Don't wait until we show up at your house. Let's also remember, Casey Anthony didn't call the cops in this situation. Can we also remember that Casey Anthony shows up to her parents' house without a kid, and the parents call the cops about the car? Oh, that's all I am thinking about. <laughs> I cannot believe what I'm watching. <laughs> I really can't. I know. Now we meet Jane Velez Mitchell. I'm Jane Velez Mitchell. I'm a crime reporter and an author. Jane still thinks she's like live on the scene with the earpiece in her ear, even though she's in her like cushy house. Uh huh. Because she keeps saying that she's screaming, like yeah. you said. And she's like, the story became a national sensation almost immediately, Tom. Everyone wanted to know what happened. <laughs> And then I guess the director was like, okay. And she just steamrolls again because she's like, a young child disappeared from Orlando, a mecca for children. Tom, it's a nightmare, Tom. And I'm like, who is she talking to? Like, Jane, do you see Tom? And is he here now? A young child disappeared from Orlando, a mecca for children. You've got a very gorgeous young mom. You've got an all-American family. The idea that you leave your child with someone you trust and then the child vanishes and is kidnapped, it's a nightmare. Could you sit down and tone it down, Jane? It's bad enough. (laughs) How many times do I have to say it, you guys? These stories are bad enough. You don't have to exaggerate it. Oh my god. You guys, this this thought just occurred to me. Look, we got a lot of listeners at this point. One of you Hey, hey fam. I know, hey fam. <laughs> one of you at one point is gonna be interviewed for a true crime documentary, and when you're being interviewed, mm-hmm. I want you to think about what Jillian and I are gonna say about you. <laughs> we have a lot of rules. Clean up the room. You don't have to clean your whole house. Clean Look, up the room where where you're gonna be interviewed. Run a goddamn comb, comb through, through your, your hair. hair. What else? That's it. Tell the truth. Don't be garbage. Yeah. Again, the comb through your hair. I can't stress it enough. <laughs> And just straighten up. Don't have clothes on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah. God bless this mess. Please don't bring us into your messy apartment. Right. If you want to show us, this is where I craft. Great. I really want to know all about you and why I should trust you as a narrator. So when we're talking face to face, give me a nice, if you don't have a bay window, maybe uh-huh. in like the kitchen usually has some good light, right? Whatever you got. But again, the comb through your hair. Just remember, just we remember. are watching. We're always watching. So after we meet Jane, Detective Malik goes back to the apartment building where he had been with Casey the night before. He talks with the apartment complex manager and learns that that particular apartment would make it for months. And also the manager determined that there was no Zanata Gonzalez renting there. There had never been another red flag. What do we have here? 
cops are like, what is happening? Like, this woman's child is missing. Why is she not telling us the truth? All she's done is lie. Casey told Corporal Mellich that she was an event planner and worked at Universal Studios, and that she had confided with two co-workers at Universal that Zanny had taken the child. To track down the co-workers and establish a timeline for the abduction, Mellish heads to Universal and meets with a supervisor. And that's when the detective gets a huge shock. He discovers that Casey Anthony hasn't worked at Universal Studios for more than two years. What's up? She hasn't worked there in two years. Right. And the names of these co-workers that she told Zanny the Nanny about? Yeah. They don't even exist. They never worked there. Whatever. Right. So the cops decide they're going to set a trap. They're going to catch her in a lie and then like get to the bottom of why she's lying about everything. Right. They really just want to see how she's going to react. Yeah. And so do I, by the way. Me too. So Unfortunately, they... we don't. We have a reenactment. We, exactly. have, a, we have a lovely actor <laughs> playing Casey Anthony. You know what? Close enough. I will totally take totally. it. Totally. So they bring her to Universal Studios where they're like, we just want to corroborate your story. Take us to your workplace. We want to talk to your bosses. Whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, okay. Yeah. And they get there and they go into the like. It's like the employee entrance. Like it's Oz. And they're yeah. like, we'd like to see. The, the wizard right. at Universal. It's like a, a separate em- entrance that if you're an employee, you walk right in because you have the card, whatever you got. We all watch Casey interact with the guard. And the guard looks at her with this very perplexed look and says, I'm sorry, ma'am, we don't have an employee named Casey Anthony. And Casey then looks back and says, oh, no, 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 I work here. Check again. But then the most incredible moment of this whole thing happens. Some supervisor walks out and is like, oh, yeah, no, no, she's fine. Let her go. Which is so weird because when she says check again, she goes, here's the name of my supervisor and here's his extension. And once again, she comes up empty. Because that supervisor hasn't worked there in years. Right. So she's lying and lying and lying. And then suddenly, unexplained, a supervisor comes out and just lets them in. Right. Which is, it just, I'm like, how, whatever. I guess we have like a bigger fish to fry here (laughs) in the Casey Anthony story. But I just, she basically. Basically, like, a wink and a smile and, like, talks her way into Universal. The other best part, she's walking down the hallway, mm-hmm. waving hello and saying hi to people. Like, 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 Nancy, like, she's Nancy Grace at Crime Con and no one is waving back. And everyone's like, who is this bitch waving at everybody? We're walking through the building and Casey's waving at people. People are kind of looking at us like, who's that? She's like, hey. I know. Hey, John, is Mary going to bring in that lemon crumble this week? It's always a crowd favorite in the break room. And everyone's like, what? So then. This is the best. It's so amazing. She turns down another hall and it's just a dead end. Which is weird. I know. That there's a dead end. Like, that makes it sound really ominous anyway. But it's the greatest thing ever. And then eventually we turn down a dead end hall. There's really no place else to go. She turns around and she looks at Detective Mellitz and I and she says, I don't really work here. We look at Casey and we tell her, we know you don't work here. And it's really time for us to have another conversation. She's like, I don't actually work here. And they're like, girl, we know. (laughs) What are we doing here? But it was like three hours of like picking her up and driving her there. And like the wake and a smile and and then just aimlessly walking, (laughs) waving to people. That was my favorite part, the waving at the at the, at the people walking down the hall towards them. Like, where was she going to go? I know, like, I know. if that dead end didn't exist, <laughs> what was the plan, Casey? What was the plan? <laughs> I'm just so curious. <laughs> but the thing is, so the cops are like, aha, we caught you. So they hope, like, maybe she'll start telling the truth now because we caught her in, like, at least six lies at Universal alone. Yeah. So they haul her downtown. And they, like, we hear the actual interrogation tape. I know, and you know, that everything you told me is a lie, correct? Not everything that I told you. 
Okay. Uh, pretty much everything that you've told me, including where Kaylee is right now. That, I still, I don't know where she is. Sure you do. We're tired of the lies. No more lies. What happened to Kaylee? I don't know. You do know. What I happened don't to know Kaylee? where she is. I lied about some of the stuff. Yeah, she's like, well, not everything. Right. And the thing is, they're being hard on her because one, she hasn't told a goddamn true statement in all this time. And there is a missing two and a half year old. She doesn't sound like she gives a fuck. She sounds like she's so inconvenienced by being there. Here's what I really learned about Casey Anthony so far. Yeah. She's a goddamn brat. Yeah. She is And a so, bad liar. And a bad liar. And everything exactly inconvenienced. Like, how could you even ask me that? Like, right. I didn't take your notebook, Stacey. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's your two and a half year old daughter. As a parent, I cannot imagine this. I mean, if I can't find Daisy in her room, this happened last week. I became inconsolable Again? in five seconds. She keeps getting lost in the in her house. No, she's she weighs twenty seven pounds. She can hide in anything. That's true. <laughs> they even say they use the words "it was odd" that she just didn't seem more concerned. She didn't care. She wasn't saying, "Oh, thank God you're here." Yeah. I always wanted to call you, but I couldn't because I thought she was in danger. Like none of that. Exactly. So then, once again, she mentions Zanny the nanny. The last person that I saw her with is Zanaya. It's not the truth because it went to the apartment complex. There's no person that ever lived there by that name. The apartment's been vacant since March. Listen, listen, listen to me. We're even pulling surveillance video from an apartment complex and we're not seeing you over there. We're not seeing you there at all that day. You think that we're stupid and I we're not going to do all this either? And the cops are like, bitch, stop. Right. We know, like, here are the receipts. It's vacant. So then she says, okay, fine. She does this thing that pathological liars do where they're like, fine, I'll tell you the truth, but it's just another lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the honest to God's truth of everything that I've said. The last person that I saw her with is Zanaya. It's not the truth. Okay, so you purposely misled us. What has happened? I saw my mom's reaction right off the bat, and it would have been the same from the get-go. So wait a minute, so you're more afraid of your mom's reaction than you are if you ever see your daughter again? You know, I'm absolutely petrified. This whole, I was too scared to tell my mom I lost my kid bit. And the cop is like, yeah. Turning this car around, <laughs> smashing it into a wall because he's so frustrated, <laughs> and then getting out as the car is like smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, "Are you? Uh, are you? Mm, so what you're saying is, <laughs> you're more concerned about what your mommy thinks of you yep. than you are about finding your two year old daughter who's been missing for a month. Is that what you're saying here? So then, at the end of this interrogation, they arrest her. They thought hauling her downtown would get her to talk. It didn't. So they arrest her. They charge her with child neglect. Right. They throw her in the fucking clink. Right. Because they're saying like, okay, wait a second. This must mean if she's not freaking out, if she's kind of calm and just annoyed, this must mean that maybe she must know where Kaylee is and Kaylee is safe, but she doesn't want to say where she is. Because why would a mother not be totally panic stricken Exactly. Right and they're saying like, Casey is complaining so much about her own mother. They're like, is it just that you don't want Kaylee around your mom and that's why you're not telling us where she is? And she's like, nope, I legitimately don't know where she is. So they arrest her and she gets a phone call. So they're like, we're going to monitor the shit out of this phone call. You guys, this phone call gets crazy. She calls her mom. Yeah. Who she's petrified of, by the yeah. way. <laughs> she couldn't go to the house in any of the 30 days that Kaylee was missing, but yeah. her first phone call is her mother? Right. Interesting. And she's saying these insanely, like you were saying, bratty things. Casey? Mom. Hey, sweetie. I got arrested on a whim. They're blaming me for stuff that I never would do. They're going to pin this on me. Casey? Mom. What? No. I don't know what your involvement is, sweetheart. You're not telling me where she's at. Because I don't know where she's at. Are you kidding me? 
Whose fault is you sitting in the jail? Are you blaming me that you're sitting in the jail? Not Blame yourself for what you mean? It's not your fault, sweetheart. They're gonna pin this on me? I was arrested on a whim? Pin the they're gonna pin this on me? What does that even mean? Pin what on you? They're blaming me for stuff I would never do. Right. Do what? Do what? Uh, keeps calling her sweetheart. Right. Which I love. And she's like, well, sweetheart, if you like, who lied, sweetheart? You did. Right. That's why you're in the clink, sweetheart, okay? If you didn't, if you just told the truth, tell the man the truth. Yeah. Tell the man the truth, sweetheart. And this is when we start hearing Casey Anthony basically begging for Tony's phone number. Do me a favor, just tell me what Tony's number is. I don't want to talk to you right now. Forget it. It is unbelievable. She says to her mother, I whatever, mom, give me Tony's phone number. I don't want to talk to you. Forget it. I know my daughter is missing for 30 days, but I really got to call my boyfriend. Right. And then like some family friend, like unnamed family friend gets on the phone. Right. <laughs> and the friend is like, girl, you've been locked up for like four hours and all anyone is talking about is how you're like a cold, heartless bitch. Why aren't you crying about your daughter? Why aren't you crying? How come everybody's saying that you're not upset? That you're not crying, that you show no caring of where Kaylee is at all. I'm not sitting here crying every two seconds because I have to stay composed to talk to detectives. I can't keep crying every two seconds, okay? <laughs> I, I wish I could be crying, but I can't. These detectives, and it's like these detectives would listen to you more if you just shed a fucking tear. But she ends the conversation with the family friend by asking for Tony's phone number. Like she goes from screaming to like, I can't be crying every two seconds. And this is such an edit and I I get it and I'm here for it. But then it's just like crickets and she's like, oh, hey, can you give me Tony's number? Like it's a completely different person. I can't sit here and be crying every two seconds like I want to. I can't. Hey, can you give me Tony's number? And I'm like, okay, it's okay to want to talk to your boyfriend in this yeah. situation. I totally get that. It's not that she's she wants to talk to her boyfriend. That's not what I have an issue with. Yeah. It's just that, like, because she's not saying, I just want to talk to someone who will understand me. I just need someone who, like, I, I love and, like, mom, I hate you. It's not right, that. Right, totally. There's no warmth even about Tony. I know. And it's just, again, Casey doesn't even mention her own missing daughter. She never says her name. Not once. So then, Tony, we find out, is Tony Lazaro. And now the cops who are listening in yeah. are just like, shit, somebody go get Tony. <laughs> like, she keeps asking for this Tony person. We have to get eyes on Tony. Who is Tony Lazaro? So we meet this guy, Clint. Clint and Tony were like roommates in Orlando. Well, you know you know another thing I love? No. Former friend of Casey. Oh! I totally wrote that out. You're right. It says former friend of Casey Anthony. And it's how he introduces himself. Yeah, that's right. He's in like a cool little record store wherever he is. And he goes, hi, my name is Clint House. I'm a former friend of Casey Anthony's. And I'm like, who's got stories? I know, I know, I know. Casey and Tony started dating at the end of April 2008. That was the first time that Casey came over to the apartment. I would describe Casey as a fun, bubbly person. Uh, she had a great personality. She, you know, was fun to be around. I would say three weeks after they started dating, she brought Kaylee over for the first time. Let's just focus on the timeline here. Yeah. They started dating in April. This is now July. It's the same year. It's months. It's months. It's months. And this guy Clint is talking about Kaylee. And again, my heart is breaking because this documentary actually slows down for a minute. Yeah. And we get all of this like stuff about her being this really smart, really sweet, really like bright kid. Kaylee was just the cutest two-year-old little girl that you could possibly imagine. The first time she came in, she came walking through the front door wearing some big sunglasses. 
And uh, she just looked up at us and she was like, what's up, dudes? Can two and a half year olds do that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm asking because what he's saying is like she knew her colors. Like she I was know. just a smart, vibrant, like little chatterbox of a cutie. This part really killed me. Yeah. So we, we learned from Clint that, you know, they were roommates. He was roommates with Tony. And he's like, one day, like 20 cops just swarm the place. Yeah. It was very nerve wracking to have, you know, 20 Orlando PD inside of your home asking you about the disappearance of a missing child. Tony was just absolutely surprised. He had no idea where Kaylee was. He was just as shocked as the rest of us. How could a child be missing for 31 days and this is just the first that we're hearing of it? So here's the timeline, right? They started dating in April and now we're in July and Kaylee's been missing for a month. Yeah. So very early on, Casey was bringing Kaylee over at least three times a week. Uh-huh. And then suddenly, out of the blue, she stops bringing Kaylee with her. Yeah. He says, you know, by about, like, the middle of June, it was just Casey. The middle of June? This is July 16th. Right. The middle it's, of July. It's yeah. been a month. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I freaked out when I, like, noticed that timeline. I rewound it. I was like, wait a second. I was like, they said April 2008, right? Like, not April 2007. Right, like, right, it's right. really yeah. been that yeah. short amount of time. It's one season. Right, because they're asking for Kaylee. They're at, like, where is she? And again, we hear she's with Zanny the Nanny. Or the parents. We gotta take a quick pause here, because right. I gotta say it. What? Tony is goddamn hot, you guys. We don't see Tony in real life. We only see pictures. Tony mm-hmm. is so hot. And I just have, oh my God, Tony is so hot. Please don't let him be garbage. Yeah, girl, I don't know about that. I don't... <laughs> I will retract and go back and delete all of that if it turns out that Tony is garbage. Because I feel like, why don't you see Tony? Where's Tony? Where's to- Tony? Tony. Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. We haven't seen you around here in a while. Or it's like, oh, like t- Tony's away. Tony Patreon fam, we get a little looser with you guys. <laughs> well, like I didn't do that on the real feed with my Queen's accent on Betting on Zero? Come on. Come on. I do Queens for everybody. <laughs> So then suddenly we like turn on a dime. Yeah. And we realized that, oh, remember the 911 call that started this episode? Yeah, the one about Casey's mom called to say that the car had been stolen. Right. That was not the only 911 call that was made that night. There were three. Yeah. You guys, this is so crazy. I don't understand how like a 911 call can get lost in the shuffle, but, and this one in particular. Yeah. What investigators didn't realize is that just moments before they arrived at the Anthony home on July 15th, Cindy had made another call to 911. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today. It smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. It smells like there's been a damn dead body in the car. She is frantic. She's saying that to 911. Right. Why doesn't the dispatcher say hello? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to this before you go into the house so you know what you're dealing with. Yep. Like, arm the cops to do their jobs. What happened here? Yeah. And also, just real quick, the third phone call is Cindy crying, saying that Casey admitted that Kaylee had been missing for a month. Right. I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her mother finally admitted that. Like, there are just more details that Cindy knows a lot more than she's letting on. Exactly. A lot. Exactly. So she's a liar, too. Casey gets it from her mother. I know. <laughs> Uh, uh. And then we just cut to commercial. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> there better be at least 800 more minutes of this episode, ID channel. I am not having it. I'm on the edge of my seat. So I've never seen you so pumped about a documentary I that we've covered. I can't handle this. I hate her. I know. It's crazy. So we come back from commercial, which we didn't watch commercials because we are watching it on cable. So the cops are like, we got to go get the car. So the cops go down to wherever this car is in this garage or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we know from the smell of dead bodies. And this car stinks like dead fucking bodies. Right. So the cops like bring in a cadaver dog. I thought of you. Look, I good 
pupper. The dog hits on the trunk. They pop the trunk, and there's like a, I don't know, a dead body stain. In addition to the smell, they could also see a, a sort of a, a stained area on the uh, the trunk liner. It was the size that could have been a child's body. It was very suspicious. So they collect up a little piece of that carpet from the trunk and they find also hair. Mm -hmm. And they say like, oh God, it's possible we could be looking for an actual dead body, not a missing kid. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, right. I, for I forgot that the cops don't know yet that Kaylee is dead. Yeah, they're telling the story in real time. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. <laughs> we have the privilege of knowing what happens it's horrible yeah so here's they they find positive evidence of decomposition the trunk was vacuumed right but they still make some discoveries and they send the the little carpet with yep. some hairs on it and the blood and all the stuff out for testing yeah so now the cops decide they want to question cindy and george the police call george and cindy to try to figure out this car business oh my god do because they the car is like why we're all here she called about the car right, right? Yeah, i mean it's yeah. not why it's why we they, the police started investigating yeah obviously yeah. we're here for kaylee obviously so it turns out that Casey left the car at a check cashing place and just abandoned it. You guys, the car ran out of gas at a check cashing place. And rather than like calling triple A, she's like, I don't fucking need this car. She just leaves. Right. And probably lied about it 800 times. Right. <laughs> so then it's towed, obviously. Yeah. So then the parents find out about this when they get a notice in the mail. The car's been gone as long as Kaylee has. Right. So then they're like, oh, that Casey at it again, like yeah. her like shenanigans. So they go to the tow yard and recover the car. Right. So that's when Cindy opens the trunk and smells the smell, the horrible smell, and calls 911. Uh -huh. Now her story changes because we're watching the interrogation on video. If you remember the 911 call, Cindy Anthony had said the car smelled like there was a dead body inside it. But all of a sudden, she's changed her tune. Pizza was in the bag, and there was maggots in that pizza in there, and it was bad. I mean, it was really bad. She seemed to be saying that that horrible odor came from old pizza in a pizza box. That had to have been closed up in that car for 19 days at least. She goes, the smell was really bad. You know, as as we were driving home, we aired it out. And I'm like, you got in the car I and know. drove it home on the highway with the, the windows down? I know. And the cops are like, girl, we know what a dead, we're cops. We know what a dead body set smells like. Right. I also love in this series, whenever we hear something extra bonkers, yeah. like we are introduced to a new person. So we hear like the pizza garbage story. Uh -huh. And then we meet Kevin Barry. Right. <laughs> like he's just like a new person. During my... 37 years in law enforcement, I've smelled rotting food, rotting pizza, and I've smelled dead bodies, and they don't smell the same. We can't dispute the smell with you. I can only tell you that in over 12 years I've been doing this, what I have sensed before, I know you as a nurse, you've been to the morgue before. I've smelled okay. dead flesh, I've smelled dead bodies, I've smelled burnt bodies. And I'm, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not, we're not gonna go back and forth with this. I'm just gonna know we're gonna agree to disagree with this. The other thing I want to mention in this whole scene is that, like, we're seeing this interrogation video. The cop is leaned over into Cindy, holding Anthony, her hand. holding one ha one hand in her hand, the other hand on her leg. Yeah, it's very fucking creepy. I thought it was. I thought they were being interviewed together. I thought so too. But no, it's the cop who's doing this interrogation, who's inappropriately touching her uh -huh. and in her space, and then. You know, they're trying to say, like, Cindy, we're not going to argue with you about the smell of the pizza or the dead body. We're just trying to find Kaylee. Like, just work with us. And right. Cindy says, But are you looking for a live Kaylee or dead Kaylee? 
We're looking for Kaylee, Cindy, because we don't know where Kaylee is. Are you trying to find an alive Kaylee or a dead Kaylee? Which knocked me on my butt. I mean, it is unfucking real At one point, they're like, so are you sticking to the, the maggot pizza story? Right. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, no, it was just a pile of garbage. And I have in my notes, it sure is, Cindy. It is a pile of garbage. It's the royal it is a pile of garbage. And then George pulls the detectives aside. He's like, girls, I'm going to talk to you privately. Yes. I need to set the record straight where this is leading. I don't want to think about it. I had bad vibes the very first day when I got that car. Being a prior law enforcement officer, I think George was more um, struggling with the reality that his granddaughter maybe wasn't alive any longer. I don't want to believe that I have raised someone who could do something to another person. I don't want to believe that. He says he has bad vibes, yeah. and he says he doesn't want to believe that he raised someone who could do this. And meanwhile, Cindy's straight up denial. Right. Which part of me gets? But maggoty pizza, you got to do better than that. I was going to say, it's not like straight up denial. She's lying. She's, she's lying. like, her best friend Casey's in jail. Right. And she's lying for her. Her frenemy. Right, exactly. Her best frenemy. So now we we go to jail to visit Casey in jail. And this is where we get the actual video and audio of the parents looking at Casey, her looking at them. Casey's been in jail for a month today. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. so funny because when it cuts to the parents, the dad looks really sad. And the mom, I literally have in my notes, the mom looks like she wants to jump through that plexiglass and punch Casey in the throat. Hey, gorgeous. How you doing? I look like hell. <laughs> well, you know, I want to be able to reach out and hug you and give you the, the you know, the big, the big Papa Joe hug. I want to take your pain away from you. So, you know, you can tell me anything. I know that, Dad. This whole thing is so crazy because Casey is just like, she's so mad and she, again, doesn't mention her own kid. I've been here a month today. Do you understand how I feel? I'm not in control over any of this. You don't understand. Everybody wants me to have answers. Hold on. Casey, hold on, sweetheart. Settle down, baby. Nobody's letting me speak. I don't know what's going on. My entire life has been taken from me. And then her mom, like through tears, Cindy goes, like it's being reported by the cops. Yeah. Someone said that Kaylee was dead. And Casey Anthony's response is what? Surprise, surprise. And like no eye contact, but with an eye roll. Someone just said that Kaylee was dead this morning. Surprise, surprise. And every talking head, every narrator is just like, who in their right mind says that as a response? Like, what is this victim complex that she has? Just to give a little bit of context, if my daughter were missing for 30 days, Mm -hmm. to be real about it, like not me being over the top about it, if Daisy were missing for 30 days, I would be sobbing every second. I would be on the ground, inconsolable. Life is over. It would be all I could think about, all I could talk about. Casey Anthony gets annoyed when people bring up Kaylee. She doesn't say Kaylee's name. Right. And then Casey says, Because this is recorded. I don't know who's going to see things and who's going to misconstrue whatever else. There's things that I directly need to say to each of you. Like, she has information. Casey Anthony knows full fucking well what happens. 100%. So the next thing that happens is the police are still, like, looking for the nanny. They actually find somebody with this name. Yes. Zanita Gonzalez. They actually find her. And they drag her downtown. And she's like, what the hell am I doing here? And they're like, do you babysit for Casey Anthony? Do you know Kaylee Anthony? Uh, and she's like, what are you talking she about? She doesn't fit the description at all. No, but she, she has the name. Yeah, exactly. They're like, we have no leads. We right. gotta haul her in. <laughs> Investigators verify Zanita's story and determine she had nothing to do do with Kaylee's disappearance. 
the kidnapping story that Casey had told police turns out to be a big, fat lie. At that point, they truly began to suspect her of something more than just being a negligent mother. They think Casey Anthony killed her daughter. So now the police think Casey Anthony killed Kaylee. So Casey hires a defense lawyer. Oh, my God. Jose Baez. Yeah. And one of our narrators, I think the current affair woman, uh-huh. is just like, he's the guy you want to hire when you're in real trouble. And Casey Anthony's in real yeah. trouble. <laughs> and the cops say, like, we had been interviewing her and meeting with her. Once she hired Baez, our access to her was over. Right. So Casey's not talking. And this is where we see, like, the grandparents are, like, mounting a ground crusade to find Kaylee. They're mm-hmm. wearing T-shirts, signs all over the lawn. They're hi- they have, like, trucks with like billboards they're driving around like they're at least as ostensibly believing that she's been kidnapped right and because of this now the story explodes all over the media yeah florida has very strong public records laws so a lot of the information came out lickety split the videotape interviews between the anthony family and casey in jail people were aghast her coldness her callousness outraged the nation. It's on every single news channel and now everyone in the universe hates Casey Anthony. Yeah, she just quickly becomes the most hated woman in the world and it's just made so much worse when she makes Bond and all of a sudden she's like walking out of jail. And she's placed on house arrest. Yeah, so people are seeing her leaving jail. They know the story. Everyone just assumes that she either did it or was involved. All of a sudden, you guys, I don't know what the hell is going on in Florida. People show up at the Anthony house. They're on the, they're banging on the front door. Screaming, where is she? Yeah. George, you are a coward. Casey, you are a baby killer. Next time I see you or anyone else on my property, I will file charges on you. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. All of you leeches, all of you parasites, all of you maggots out here. It was a war zone. They're yelling and screaming profanities. To me, they were no better than my daughter lying to the police. It made no sense. You see the parents out there, like, the dad is pushing people and fighting. You guys, the grandmother comes out with a fucking hammer. A hammer. She has a hammer in her hand. Yeah. yeah. It's a hammer. A hammer. People are, like, knocking on the door because it's house arrest, right? Right. And because George and Cindy were so vocal about, like, you know, contact us if you find her. Yeah. Everybody knows where they live. Right. And so Casey can't leave. And so it's, like, the small town. And so everyone is pounding on the door. And there's this one family who's pounding on the door and then reading, like, all this stuff about yes. how horrible everybody is. Like, it wasn't just coming from the heart. Like, they planned it. Totally. You're a horrible parent. She's a horrible parent. You killed her. Where is she? Blah, 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 blah. They're crazy. on the front porch. It's I mean, crazy. it's just fucking They're crazy. They're pounding on their front door. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it's that. It's got to be terrifying for everybody. Mm-hmm. So all, while this is happening, while the circus is happening, the cops are, like, back at the office trying to make an actual case. Yeah. To, and they're saying it's really hard to, like, build a, a murder case without a body. And so the hair samples and the rug sample comes back from testing from the car. Yeah. And the police think that now they have enough evidence to charge Casey Anthony with murder. But they don't tell us what that evidence is. That's so annoying. Like, we're told that whatever the results are, it's enough to charge Casey. They don't tell us what it is. Right. When the news breaks, Jose Baez holds a press conference. I've seen people falsely accused many times. Many times. So, charges mean nothing. But it's generally incredibly difficult to prove uh, a murder without a body. And then basically, like, it ends with a utility worker walking through the woods to, like, Mr. S serial style relieve himself. Yeah, and what's her name? Your girl is just, like, quite frankly, yeah. to relieve himself. Like, Diane my Diamond. word. Like, right, clutching exactly. her pearls. Like, Diane, please, you've seen a lot worse on a current affair. <laughs> 
But this is in December 11th, 2008. Yeah. And his name is Roy Cronk. And he is going to pee. He saw something on the ground that caught his eye. And he poked at it. And then he became frightened. And he ran back to his truck. And he called his supervisor, who called 911. This is Orange County Utilities Emergency Dispatch. We found a human skull. Oh, my gosh. They call in the the professionals. Dr. Jan is called in and they they sort of rope off the scene and there's trash bags and a canvas bag and bone fragments and a human skull. Yeah. And it ends with like, it's clear these are the remains of a small child. Oh. And then it ends. It's so fucking awful. Wait, you had something to say about the next time on. But it doesn't end. Right. This episode ends. <laughs> you guys, the preview for next time is so, it's so fast paced where I'm like, wait, what, what, what? Uh, yeah, it yeah. does exactly what they wanted it to do. Like yeah. I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Because <laughs> now we're, she's on trial. Right. This is only three episodes. Yeah, it's this true. This is not 20 episodes of Making a Murderer. We got to get through this story. Exactly. The preview for next time on has her lawyer saying to the jury. And it all began when Casey was eight years old she could have her father's penis in her mouth and then go to school as if nothing ever happened. I, I dropped the water that I had in my hand. I like knocked it over. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I forgot that there was all of this stuff. And then we learn in the preview for next time on that people are also saying that she's paying for her lawyer with sex. Yeah. I, uh, There's a lot of accusations flying around. I don't know what's true and what's not. Yeah, so far Casey Anthony has lied about absolutely everything. So I guess we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> Hey, you guys. Thanks for checking out episode one of Casey Anthony, American Murder Mystery. Yeah, I'm so exhausting, crazy. aren't I? I? No. I'm exhausted and I am exhausting. You're but... saying what everybody is thinking. <laughs> you guys, you can hear the rest of this series right now on our Patreon feed at the $5 level, where you also get like 90 full bonus episodes to download right this second. Mm -hmm. It's Again, it's Lorena, The Jinx, Making a Murderer, um, The Staircase. Madeline McCann. Madeline McCann. Things we can't even think of. There is so much over there. Madonna's Truth or Dare. Madonna, the Queen of Versailles. Mm -hmm. And then you know we've got the after party and the and the ad free episodes at a little bit higher levels there's so much for you to go check out just go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed get in the pates yeah, as we say it's the pates party it's the pates party it's the pates party get ready to get ragey i'm obsessed with it now come on get ragey <laughs> we love you bye, bye.